everybody, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. Uh, date of show is April 2nd, 2021, and a little later in the week than I wanted to go. Just uh, wasn't able to get a recording done until today, and like I said, I do appreciate uh, those that are listening to the show. Um, lots to discuss, lots to talk about, lots to go over with what's happened since the last episode, which was a week ago, uh, last Wednesday or Thursday, I believe. Um, lots have happened. Packers stuff going on, some things to talk about um, involving the Packers. Um, NFL will have a 17-game schedule starting in 2021. What does that mean, and why do players not like it? Um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um Going to talk some NFL draft, uh, pro days, and whatnot. And Milwaukee Brewers, opening day. They started the 2021 championship season um, with a win over the Minnesota Twins. And I am going to talk to you about why I believe this Brewer team could be something special. And if there's time, uh, as I try not to let this go too much over 30 minutes, if there's time, I will talk to Milwaukee Bucks, who are 1-1 one one currently on a West Coast road trip with a couple games coming up tonight, uh, Portland Trailblazers, and they got a back-to-back coming up. Uh, Saturday, they have another game uh, and whatnot. So, with that said, Talking Sports with Evan if is, spot, is brought to you by... Um, Coach Evan Fitness, if you are looking to uh, get healthier, looking for other options to get healthier, you can shoot me an email at coachevan66 at gmail.com. I will love to work with you, love to help you out, love to uh, show you some different things you can do, such as 22-minute hardcore, as you see the shirt that I'm wearing for those watching on the video version of this via Facebook Live. Um programs like this is a eight-week program just 22 minutes a day um program doing right now um over the edge uh six-week program going to be expanded to an eight-week program um varies in lengths per day between 30 and 50 minutes uh six days a week and that's a program that you're going to definitely see um some results from so if you want to comment uh anything about the show Either you can watch it on Facebook Live, which uh, we'll get in the habit of creating an event page before I do go live um, so people know when to expect it. And I will talk about it uh, more frequently to allow people to to chime in for it. Um, You can follow me on Twitter, Evan Witt Sports, um, at Evan Witt Sports, W-I-T, one T and Witt. Um, you can email the show, talking sports with Evan at gmail.com. Um, or you can go on the Facebook page, Talking Sports with Evan, and you can leave comments there uh, if you want me to talk about them during the show. So, first thing I'm going to talk about some, you know, Green Bay Packers stuff. Not really any big news coming out. The last week we talked about them signing, uh, bringing back Kevin King, uh, Mercedes Lewis. Today, Will Redman is apparently coming back. And couple things I just want to comment on regarding the Packers and some narratives that I wish would go away. Narrative number one that I wish would go away. I just have no idea what Goot's doing. 
any move Goop makes that people don't agree with, that's what they say. He's not signing any outside free agents. He's not um, this. He's not doing that. And it's always, I don't know what, I don't even know what he's doing. You know exactly what he's doing. It, it's not rocket science, science what he's doing. You can disagree with what he's doing. You can say, I don't like what he's doing. You can say, um, I wish he would do things differently. But you, it's, to say that you don't understand what he's doing, that's just being lazy. That's being a lazy argument. Because here, here's what he's doing for those that truly may not understand what he's doing. He is springing, other than Corey Lindsley, bringing a team back together that have not gone to, you know, that have gone to two straight NFC championship games. Bringing Kevin King back, bringing Aaron Jones back, Mercedes Lewis. He's bringing key pieces back from a team that went to two straight NFC championship games. That is what he's doing. And the other thing that he's doing is he is betting on the guys that he signed and drafted. Um, when I say sign, I mean guys like Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Billy Turner, Amos. He is expecting them to continue to be core contributors to this team. He's he's expecting Preston Smith to resort back to his 2019 form um, where he played really well, struggled to start 2020 before kicking it back on later in the season. He is expecting Zadarius Smith to take that next step as a premier pass rusher in the league two straight double-digit sack seasons, and he's expecting Preston Smith to continue to grow. Amos has been a solid piece to that secondary, um, making key plays and being a key leader. And he's also expecting his draft picks, guys like Rashawn Gary and Savage on the defensive side, guys like Jenkins, uh, John Runyon, uh, Sternberger, Degara, Dillon, you know, he's expecting those guys to develop and continue to grow and become better players. And he's expecting probably guys like Vernon Scott to be more than just a special teams contributor. You know, he's hoping Kevin King result or resorts back to his 2019 form. So that is what he's doing. Now, if you want to argue if you agree with it or not, that's different. I don't agree with it wholeheartedly. I'll say that much. Um... And here's where I don't agree with it. They could use some veteran depth at middle linebacker because right now you're depending on two guys who were rookies last year that show they couldn't stay healthy. Uh, Barnes, a undrafted rookie free agent. Happy birthday to him. And Kamar Martin, fifth-round draft pick, who was a talk of training camp in 2020 before he had to have a knee procedure done. And he's one that he still has some things he needs to work on. He, he he's a guy that comes out comes into a hole on, um, out of control sometimes and misses the tackle as we saw a couple times in 2020. Great, a solid hitter, but they could definitely use some additional depth at that position. Ty Summers at this point to me is nothing more than a special teams guy. He's not a guy I'm going to trust um, playing significant downs on the Packers defense. They could use some uh, a veteran presence there in the middle too. You know, Kirksey, if they could have brought him back on a cheaper contract, he would have been perfect. Um, if they, you know, if there's another linebacker out there they could possibly bring in, that would be perfect for me. I just think they need to have some veteran help 
at that linebacker position. The other position they could use some influx of talent in is defensive line. Um, you have Kenny Clark, who was an op- absolute monster um, later in the year after he finally got back fully healthy. He missed a few games, came back against uh, the Baco against Tampa Bay, down in Tampa Bay. And after that, he was a complete monster. He was a key component of Packers pretty much shutting down running games for the rest of the season, holding Henry under 100 yards, a long of 10 in that game. Um, Kiki Kingsley, he's a nice young piece who is showing and developing. When healthy, he showed that he can be a key component to the defensive line. However, he missed significant time at the end of the year with a concussion, and you never truly know what concussions. So outside of those two, you got Tyler Lancaster coming back, which I'm not opposed to him coming back. I'm opposed to him being a key contributor to the defensive line. If he's a, a rotational piece, a uh, a situational piece, uh, spelling Kenny Clark or Kiki, that kind of guy, I'm okay with, but he shouldn't be getting significant snaps on the defensive line. And Dean Lowry, um, he's another guy who they're paying to be a, 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 a difference maker on that defensive line, and that's not who he is. I would have not been upset. I, mean, I still wouldn't be upset if they do let Dean Lowry go as a June 1st cut. And I wouldn't have minded them bringing in a Danny Shelton type. I know he's signed since, but bringing a Danny Shelton type or bring snacks back. Um, bring some additional pieces to that defensive line. I, I think they d- definitely could use another couple pieces because I come from the school of thought that games are run, won and lost on the on the line of scrimmage. And we saw that in the Super Bowl. We saw that in the NFC Championship game. Games are won and lost on the line of scrimmage. Tampa Bay's offensive and defensive lines controlled the line of scrimmage, made they made lives miserable for the the front five of the Chiefs and the Packers and made life hard for Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Um that is what the Packers need to do and they need to get better up front. And maybe in the new defense, Rashawn Gary plays a little bit defensive end, hand in the dirt. Um, maybe Preston Smith does a little bit. But you you ultimately do need additional bodies there. And then offensive tackle is another spot with Bakhtiari likely missing the start of the year. I think you could use another tackle, a swing tackle. Because the plan more than likely is Turner at left tackle, Right guard, I don't know, um, maybe Jenkins, maybe Jenkins at left and Turner at right. Talked a little bit about this last week. But I think you need a veteran swing tackle to be available. Um, you also need a center, unless the plan is Lucas Patrick or Elton Jenkins being moved to center, which now you're weakening another piece of the offensive line. So I wouldn't mind them addressing offensive line, defensive line, and linebackers yet in free agency. Are they going to? Probably not. They're only about $4 million under the cap at the moment. Um, but those are the areas that I disagree with Goot's um, team uh, building, I guess I'll call it, is I think he's trusting too much in guys currently on the roster. Um, on a team that is basically Super Bowl ready. 
two straight NFC Championship appearances, primed for a third and and beyond. I think he's depending too much on his younger guys all taking a a big step. But I could be wrong. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the draft. I talked about some draft crushes last week. If you want to go back and listen, find Talking Sports with Evan anywhere podcasts are found. Um, I talked some uh, draft crushes that I have, some offense, some linemen, uh, linebacker, corners. Um, be interesting to see what they do and be interesting to see what position they, they triple down on because Packers tend to triple down at certain positions. Last year, interior offensive line drafted three in the sixth round. They've drafted three wide receivers a couple years back, um, only two still on the team. Um are they going to triple down on a position this year? Be interesting to see. But again, the narrative, I want to, I guess, go back to the main thing I started this conversation with. The narrative I want stopped is I don't understand or I don't, well, I don't know what Gooch's do, even doing because it's pretty obvious what he's doing. He's doing what Tampa Bay's doing. Tampa Bay just has some bigger name guys like uh, Sue and. Fournette, but he's pr- he's pretty much doing what Tampa Bay's doing, bringing everybody back, and let's go at it again. Um, I also question why he's pretty much left Aaron Rodgers' contract alone. They could get they could clear a ton of cap space by moving his contract around and restructuring it. Um, could they be looking at a, a extension potentially? They could be looking to extend him, and that could uh, pull some money down a little bit. Um, or they're just looking to leave it alone to give them an out if they decide that after 2021, they want to see what the rookie first-round pick, Jordan Love, can do for you. That could be something that they, uh, they're they looking at doing as well. So I, I don't understand what they're doing with Rodgers' contract. Um, they could clear a ton of cap space just by moving things around, but they're not choosing to. So the other narrative I'm kind of getting irritated at with just kind of lazy analysis is so the Packers haven't taken a wide receiver in the first round since Javon Walker. All I hear from national pundits, um, some local uh, beat writers um, is, will this be the year they give, get Aaron Rodgers some help in the first round by drafting a wide receiver? You don't have to draft a wide receiver in the first round to have success. You know, you, you look in the past what the Packers have done at wide receiver. Greg Jennings was a second-round pick. Devontae is a second-round pick. Jordy Nelson was a second-round pick. Randall Cobb. James Jones was a third-round pick. So to, to talk about how they've, yet, they've not given him any weapons by not drafting a first-round wide receiver during the uh, Rodgers era, to me, is just lazy. You don't have to draft a receiver in the first round to have success. Claypool, second-round pick out of uh, uh, for, for Pittsburgh, out of Notre Dame, he had a lot of success as a rookie. To, 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 pinge, to say that they haven't gotten him any weapons um, by not drafting a wide receiver in the first round, like I said, it's just lazy, uh, lazy talking points because you're, you're just taking surface level. And I guess – if you're a national show, people that don't really follow the team too hard, you're trying to kind of get reactions out of them. But to me, it's just lazy. You know, let's end the narrative because I would take Devontae Adams over any first-round 
wide receiver drafted in the last three, four years. To me, that's how good Devontae Adams is. I would take Jordy over a, a number of first-round wide receivers. A lot of times, first-round wide receivers don't work out. You know, it takes time to develop. By drafting in the first round, you're putting a lot of pressure now on that guy to be ready quicker. And sometimes it, it doesn't, you know, take their second or third team before they finally start having a, you know, impact in the league. Um, Will Fuller is an example. Took him until his last year in, in Houston to finally show that he belonged in the NFL level before a six-game PED suspension. Um, knocked him out for the pretty much most of the second half of the year. Um, uh, I want to say Corey Davis out of Tennessee. It took him until his last year of his contract to show that he belonged at the NFL level. Um, after being very inconsistent and injury prone, his first three four uh, first three years in the league, it c- sometimes takes receivers at least two to three years to fully transition to the NFL. And for some reason, Packers have a lot of luck in the second round when they do take wide receivers. So again, I just the narrative that they they're doing Rodgers a disservice by not taking wide receivers in the first round to me it's just it's lazy. And I guess it's kind of, you know, easy when you're, you know, national level and most of your audience doesn't really follow the, you know, the teams that you're talking about um, fan base wise. So moving on, NFL, 17 game schedule starting in 2021. So what does that mean? So since 1970s, late 70s, the, the NFL has been playing 16 game seasons. Um. I'm trying to get the exact year. 43 years. So it's been 43 years since the NFL expanded their schedule. They went to 16 games there from 12. And now they're going to 17. Um, the NFL formula did work perfectly. Um, with 16 games, 32 teams, it worked perfectly. Now it's 17. Take a little bit of work. But how they're doing it is, for example, the... The AFC West is playing the NFC North. First place team playing first place team and so on and so on and so on. Pretty much how they're matching it up. So we get packed. 